Hello there. You know what I've come for. This is the way. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Hello and welcome to the pod Awakens. Uh, we are recapping the book of Boba Fett. My name is Jordan Wiegand. With me, as always, is Logan Stump. As always, I feel like I spend every day with you, Jordan, uh, and it's a magical time. Is that that right right now? And we haven't even done uh, one of our podcasts <laughs> recently. So, right. yeah. Whoa. Your cat knew we went live, so right. she jumped up. We are going to be talking chapter six of the Book of Boba Fett. From the Desert Comes a Stranger, directed by Dave Filoni, written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Premiered February 2nd, 2022. The synopsis, mysteries are explored, and Boba Fett learns new information can't wait to talk about all that boba fett has learned and all of his conversations that he's going to have in this episode mm-hmm. um <laughs> all one quote yep uh, he actually he has no lines uh in this That's right he just looks around he turns and he looks confused when she's talking about this is the mandalorian din jaren he's like this is who stole my show <laughs> <laughs> What a jerk. They didn't bring macaroons with them. <laughs> uh, what was your initial thoughts here, Logan, on uh, this episode of The Book of Boba Fett? Call me a uh, Filoni and Favreau uh, stan at this point. Like I, I'm to the point where I'll just, anything they produce and direct and write together, I, I'm in. Uh, and I, again, I didn't think you could get better than last week's episode. Um, and this, this one, this I, I, this might go down as like one of the top Star Wars uh, maybe episodes and TV combined movies, um, just because of I mean we'll get into a lot of it. I don't want to spoil too much of it, but just everything I wanted it to be, Jordan, it was, and, and the scenery and uh, the characters and you know all this stuff that's leading into one big. I don't know. I saw a meme going around that it was like it was the Infinity War of Star Wars. <laughs> so it it has that feel to it where you're just you're getting so many characters and storylines coming through. So sign me up. I, I was a huge fan. But what do you think? I mean, I I just sat there after it going. That was like everything I want Star Wars to be. I saw this on lunch break because I. I was trying to keep off Twitter mm-hmm. and I got onto Twitter and I saw two things that said, this is the greatest star Wars hour of all time. And then I also <laughs> saw book of Boba Fett chapter six, every star Wars character ever. And I was like, okay, I got to watch this before I get home because I'm going to end up getting spoiled on stuff. So I did watch it on my lunch break. I cried on my lunch break and came back. 
really excited. Watched it again when I got home uh, before the U.S. men's game came on. And uh, it was, you know, just as good the second time. I did watch Chapter 5 again, but I watched it again on Tuesday because Mm -hmm. Joy had not watched that one. She hasn't really been into Book of Boba Fett. But I said, you have to watch Chapter 5 because it is pretty much Mandalorian Season 3. Yeah. And uh, figured she'd want to watch this one because we, we kind of figured Grogu was <laughs> coming in this one. So, uh, yeah. So I, I came home, watched it again, um, nerd nerded out. You know, I was like, do you know who that was at the end? And she was like, no. So I told her who it was. And she's like, why would I know that? And I was like, I don't know. In case you saw him in anything I was worried right. before. I don't know. <laughs> um, but. Overall, th- I, I do think this is one of the best, I, I said yesterday, Star Wars hours. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is probably the best or my favorite of the Disney Plus episodes mm-hmm. that we've had so far. Because everybody's always going to talk about Mandalorian Season 2 finale. But really, when you look at it with luke entering in that spot it's really just for the end it's just that scene mm-hmm. really i think this takes the cake for that because yeah. of what i mean we get what we get technology that is better now than just mm-hmm. last year that's that's how much they've they've upped that and we get i i think it's crazy to think uh we'll we'll go ahead if you haven't seen it yet why are you listening to this um, so we'll spoil, but we get brand new Luke Skywalker post Return of the Jedi, and and this time not just badass Luke, which everybody loved at the end of Mandalorian. We get his thoughts, his his feelings. The doubt is still there in Luke Skywalker, and I think yeah. that is important because Logan, I know you're not a big Last Jedi guy, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people. Uh, let, let's say it. Fifty percent aren't right. Like, yeah. I feel like that movie is very fifty-fifty in the general fandom of who likes it, who doesn't. So people didn't like. Uh, some people didn't. I'll say some people didn't like. I'm not going to paint everybody in the same brush here. Some people didn't like that Luke was doubtful in that movie and had failed in that movie. And I think it is important to show that just because he's a badass, like he was at the end of the Mandalorian, at the end of Return of the Jedi he still doubts himself and you know, Ahsoka's even going to say that reminds him of her. It reminds her of his father. And that is something I thought that was, was really special because I myself can paint the line now between return of the Jedi to last Jedi. Yeah. As much as people don't like that portrayal of Luke, I, I can draw the line now with this. I mean, what's he saying this? Am I doing the right thing with Grogu? And, you know, he, he has that doubt still. Just because he's all-powerful doesn't mean he can't question himself. And I feel like what makes that so special is that it reminds me so much of Empire Strikes Back Luke Skywalker. You know, Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker is very... um, I would say for the first half of that movie, very little doubt, right? I mean, yeah. he goes in the Jabba's palace like a boss. He mm-hmm. destroys all that stuff. He gets Han back, mm-hmm. and he's like at peace with himself. But 
I think Luke's boring if we just go that way the whole time. I think there's got to be some sort of internal conflict. And what I think is awesome too is when she says that that you know you remind me of your father. The look on his face isn't like crap. It's like that's nice, you know, because mm-hmm. he he knows his father was ultimately redeemed. He knows his father had good in him before he had turned evil as well. So he can kind of reflect on that and see the good in his father and see that, okay, you know, cause you'd think if somebody's comparing your, you to Darth Vader, you're going to be like, okay, watch what you're saying. But you know, he's looking at it as like Anakin Skywalker, not Darth Vader, you know, Darth Vader is technically somebody else in his eyes. I feel like, so I don't know. I, I thought that was really cool. And I, I think that just overall having Ahsoka, and Luke Skywalker share the screen together is just another thing that is uh, a, a dream to me. I, I can remember, look, Logan, I know you've entered the Ahsoka stage later than everybody else, right? Like mm-hmm. you didn't really watch Clone Wars, correct? Right. So, you know, you're intro- introduced to her in, in last season, mm-hmm. but 2008 is when she hits the scene in the Clone Wars cartoon movie. And the hate she got uh, when when that first came out was was huge. I had not seen that movie right away. Um, I just didn't, uh, you know, what I was almost done high school and I did not go to the movies a lot. But I did start watching the Clone Wars on, you know, like TV. But what I thought was really interesting is that, you know, you could not escape as a star Wars fan, the hate that Ahsoka was getting. And, you know, Filoni kind of just completely turned it on its head when, um, uh, just over the time of the series and developing the character that now she is like one of the most beloved, you know, characters in the canon, and, you know, seeing her talk to her former master's child, who was the one to redeem him, while she always knew that Anakin had good on him as well at times. You know, I don't know. Like, I, I think that's just a very cool moment to, to see. And the fact that she got to see R2 again um, as they have a relationship, like, just just super cool moments that I never thought as a fan of star Wars, I would ever see in live action, right? Like that's the main thing I thought, okay, if we're ever going to get any of Luke stuff being explored, it's going to be in like a Luke cartoon series done by Filoni after the, you know, after, um, uh, you know, after they're done doing some of these live action things and we'll see, yeah, okay. Ahsoka sharing the screen with a CGI Luke, not like a CGI Mark Hamill, but just like a, a cartoon Luke. And the fact that we got to see that instead on, you know, live action and it not just be a recast at Luke either. It is, you know, Mark Hamill's Luke that it doesn't feel out of place. You're like, Oh geez, there we're seeing, um, you know, we're seeing our Luke, the Luke we grew up with talking with a character that was created 
decades later, but takes place decades before Luke. Like that, that is one of the things that you're like, there's no way they're ever going to make this work. And we got to see that in this episode and, you know, just uh, mind blown is, is probably the way I can say it really the only word I have for it, but you know, Logan, I want to get your thoughts on it because like I said, you, you weren't, um, you know, you, you were introduced to Ahsoka at a different time, but just what was your thoughts here um, on on how this uh, played out? We're skipping right to this moment. We'll we'll go back to some of the other stuff, but let's skip right to this moment of seeing live action Ahsoka, who you know was just in the Mandalorian season two, but meeting with the geez the the upgrade in Luke Skywalker's face here <laughs> uh, that really made it more special. I think. Well, I think it all starts too. Like uh, I think one of my favorite moments is in Mando's laying on the bench that the that the droids have kind of built for him, like the droid ants that have built the bench for him as he's you know sitting there. And R two, of course, doesn't work. Um, R two just kind of powers down and goes, "I'm going to sleep, dude. If if you want to find Luke Skywalker, good luck to you. Um, I know where Luke is. It's kind of it's kind of funny. It's like his own little personal assistant, but it's like, dude, I don't, I don't care where Luke is. Um, but he is. It's it's cool when Mando's laying there and my favorite line of probably the whole show was there's a couple of them and it's all with Ahsoka that he's talking with her. But the first one is when she's standing up against the the tree and she goes, yeah, we're all family. We, we I, I know him pretty well. Um, like I know Luke. Yeah. Like it, it's just kind of like this. And, but the other thing too, is that how much Luke, you know, looks up to Ahsoka too. I think there's a lot of that as well. And, you know, Luke has mentioned before that Ahsoka is a powerful Jedi and that, that he kind of learned from here, her as well. And so it, it, it is like full circle Ahsoka standing up against the tree. And I think that, I don't remember the actress's name, but she's, she's brilliant. Um, Rosario Dawson. Yes. She's brilliant. And just that character, because she's got kind of like a mystic, it, you know, who she reminds me of, honestly, she reminds me of uh, Gamora. So uh, is that, Saldana or whatever uh, Zoe is it Zoe? No. Yeah, Zoe Saldana. Yeah, um, but it kind of like that. Oh, mystical... you're trying to say Zendaya there? I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's like that very mystic, like, uh, like almost as if they're mythical creatures of beings, almost as if they're. I mean, they're not, but like they're not human in a way. So it's I don't know. It's strange, but uh, and I don't have as much as Ahsoka background as you do, but everything that I've had with Ahsoka, Ahsoka's just so nice to have in this live action and you know the different characters are getting ready to bring in i, I think her show is going to be really cool because i think it's going to involve a lot of different things and i was watching star wars theory and they were ex- he was explaining a bunch of stuff about you know what it can entail and kind of how <clears throat> ahsoka is um across the galaxy and also a couple of the other characters that come up in this episode but this whole the whole luke and ahsoka thing it, it is it's, it seems surreal and it you know, it really confuses me and it confuses me through the movies too, because everything's so out of order and like disjointed at some time, it, it makes it even better. Cause it's kind of like what you said. It's like, Oh my God, like Mark Hamill is here. I'm watching Mark Hamill, but that's not Mark, Ham- but it is Mark Hamill's face. So it's, and it's Luke. And it's like you said, it's like the badass Luke right after he's, you know, destroyed everything um, and taken back uh, the world that, you know, it's kind of living in balance again. And it, it is, it's really strange. And then he's meeting characters that were introduced to the two thousands and like it, it's just mind boggling. Um, 
And then Jordan, I don't know if you saw this, but Mark Hamill's actually filming something currently. Um, and he's alluding to certain things. And then he's talking a lot about Star Wars. And he he's at a hotel four hours ago. He tweeted about him being at a hotel where there's no Disney Plus because he wants to watch Book of Boba Fett again. So it's like you can literally use Mark Hamill again to voice Luke with this technology. I mean, it, it's like bringing him back from the dead. Um, and it's wild because he's not, you know, the, the actor, thank goodness, is still alive because I, I love Mark. But it is. It's so cool to just see everything coming like boba fett's with luke with like ahsoka and gonna be with you know cop band and like <laughs> i mean it's just it, it's all cool just to kind of see it all come together i'm waiting for Chewie and han to show up because i feel like that's coming soon um just feel like there's just there's a bunch of different worlds that are kind of colliding it's kind of that from that marvel effect again and i'm here for everything that they're doing because i think it's brilliant yeah it's um one, I mean, just look at Rise of Skywalker 2019, mm-hmm. and you have a Carrie Fisher that, you know, they agreed that they weren't going to see Jeer, and they didn't technically, but they did technically, meaning yeah. that they used footage that was unused from other scenes in The Force Awakens, but the, her body is like CG. Like, mm-hmm. it's just really the head that, that they've taken from those shots. And they built the whole story around it like that. And I think it's a little, you know, look, the technology itself is worrisome, right? When you, when you have where they can make Mark Hamill say anything and then he'd have to apologize because you have, you cannot tell that it's faked at times. Yeah. And that is worrisome for where we're going later. There has to be some sort of regulation on it at some point, I think, but for the use of movies, it's it's fun. And the fact that Mark is still alive to give his consent to this, because, you know, y- you could worry that they'd use this stuff to make, I don't know, who, who's a, who's a movie star that is, like Heath Ledger. Like you could, they could use yeah. this to make, you know, Heath Ledger movies that he never agreed to. You know, so right. so there is some there's some stuff that Hollywood itself is going to have to put in the contracts and stuff. Yeah. But in the in the basis of this show, it works beautifully. Mark last time was on set. He kind of showed the guy how he would do things. I don't know if that's true for this one. I, I feel like he would have been able to just be like, yeah, go ahead. Do whatever you need to do. Um, I sign off on it. But, you know, because. It, the voice is through a machine. It takes clips of Mark saying things from around that era and spits it out, which is amazing. And, you know, the, the face is... The, the, so the reason why it is a better face than last time, for people that don't know, is after how bad the last face was... I mean, I thought it was all right. I could tell it was Luke right away, but then there were some times where it looked a little funky. But some people really had problems with it, and some guy who made a better version of it using deep fake video technology, which is not what they used. They used um, some sort of like CG mapping thing or something. But he made it look so much better, and he just put it on YouTube. And Lucasfilm hired him. They hired that guy, and that should have been a clue right there that they weren't just hiring him in case they ever had to do this again, <laughs> they knew they were doing it again in Book of Boba Fett. Because remember when this episode came out last year, it 
you know, the Mandalorian season two finale came out around Christmas time of 2020, 2020. They started filming Book of Boba Fett in early 2021. So at that point, John probably already wrote the thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, They know they're doing it. They're like, this guy did much better job than what we did. Why don't we just grab him? And it worked. We should have known then that they were had plans to continue doing this, but we kind of just like, oh, that's cool. He got a job after doing a really good job. But, you know, we should have known then. Okay, we're going to see more Luke. We didn't really think about that, I don't think. Um, I, I thought they wouldn't be able to do what they did now because I looked at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2 and said, it's just not there yet. We, we can't focus on Luke too much. You know, like uh, that's why he had his hood up for most of the time in that in that episode. But then when they, you know, see this technology, it's like, okay, well, it is there. Yeah, it is at time. It still looks a little funky, or the mouth moves when the, right. and the words, words are, are not synced up. Yeah. But it is it is pretty darn close. And uh, for people that are watching on the video, I just got some pictures here. There's hmm. there's Luke with uh, Ahsoka which is great. Another Luke with Ahsoka. Ahsoka with R2. Just beautiful. Um, And then Ahsoka in Clone Wars, Rebels, and The Mandalorian. So just uh, the evolution of Ahsoka comparison here. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I I, I feel I, I feel whole after that, you know. Um, so let's dive a little bit deeper into stuff that is not Ahsoka and Luke. So we open up with actually Cobb Vanth from Vanth Refrigeration. He, uh, <laughs> he was, uh, for people that don't know, he, if you don't remember, right. I don't know if my wife remembered, I didn't ask her, uh, the season <laughs> two premiere of the Mandalorian, you know, he had the Boba Fett armor on. So he does link into this show because of that. Um, and he is confronting some of the Pike Spice Runners. And he's got this standoff here, and we get to see how quick of a draw he is, and that comes into play because of a later scene. Um, so this is set up, not just to show that the Spice Runners are coming out to Mos Pelgo, or Freetown as it's now known, but that he's really good at shooting first and quick. A little foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Also, Freetown, that's a reference to, of course, the Aftermath books, which I, I'm assuming they didn't realize that when they filmed season two and they called it Moss Pelgo still. But in the book, Aftermath, where Cobb Vanth is introduced and is sheriff of, um, the people had renamed it Freetown. So that's why you kind of get that in here instead, as people probably pointed that out to them. <laughs> Uh, I know people were online about it after the season two premiere last year. I'm sure. You know, us Star Wars nerds get into the weeds about everything. Um, And then we flashed uh, to the title card uh, of a character we're not going to see for a while. Then we got Din Djarin uh, flying to the world where Grogu is being trained by Luke Skywalker. And we have him landing the Naboo and one starfighter. But what I really liked about this too, is I I knew what it was going to be right away when you see the antenna. Right. But the way that they pan down to it being R2, I just got a big grin on my face when 
um, when that happened. And and for all the people complaining, I saw a lot of people complaining that, okay, these are just empty cameos. They're blah, blah, blah. They just did this to get people happy. I think the thing with Filoni and Favreau is that they know how to tie this stuff in. This all makes sense according to the story of Star Wars and according to the story that they're telling. Of course he's going to miss Grogu. Of course he's going to seek him out. And of course R2 is going to be with Luke. We know he's with Luke all the way up until the temple burns down or falls down from Kylo Ren. So I don't have a problem with this. Um, I, I think it's funny when people complain about fan service as well. So it's like you're you're upset you're getting what you, what want. you want. I don't understand yeah. what that is. I hope movies serve me. <laughs> Right, they're supposed to make the fans happy. Right. Um, but uh, R2 is going to lead him to this uh, this hut that's being built, the, the school, as we'll know it to be. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really cool is when you see the ant droids mm-hmm. building this thing, they kind of fake you out, right? Don't you think, like, in the distance, you see a rock moving, and you think, oh, Luke is right over there mm-hmm. lifting the rock. No, it's the android coming over the hill. Like, yeah. I thought that was a really cool moment because I was like, oh, I thought we were getting Luke right there. Yeah. Um, they really tease you with that. And then, like you said, R2's like, bro, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> and uh, Mando, uh, you know, lays down and on, on the bench that the androids build for him. And he waits. <laughs> and I, what I think is great, too, is the, the growth that we've already seen from Din when it comes to droids. But... What does he say when he gets out of his starfighter? Hello, friend, yeah. or something like that, right? So Hello, he friend. he sees R2 as a friend. And he saw BD as a friend. Like, you know, he he's getting a little more accustomed to droids, and I think that's that's good. He's gonna be like and that's and like you said, I mean, I just I love just the the progression that Mando has had. Like like Den is just becoming the ultimate character and uh, i didn't know we were going to get this much of him um i I thought it would be more boba and then kind of like the last episode maybe it'd be more den but like i i'm i'm loving the fact that they're using everything that they've had with him to kind of build him into the character that he needs to be and i think it does make a lot of fans happy because i know there are some of those people out there that are just like grogu's just the merchandise piece for disney and now they've taken kind of Grogu out of the picture and they've given um, Den just this this overall, I mean, this character arc that's just completely different with, I mean, I know Grogu's still a part of it and obviously is because of this episode, but I just love the fact that they've taken Den to where he's pretty much, he doesn't trust anybody and really doesn't trust droids, but he doesn't trust anybody. He doesn't trust leaders. He doesn't trust that people are going to do right by him. And now he's slowly starting to trust people. And you see that when he goes to Cobb too, but like he's slowly starting to kind of trust people and get an understanding that people are out there to help him rather than to hurt him. And I think that's a big thing. And you kind of see that too with like Ahsoka, like I I feel like he could totally be scared and and afraid of what Ahsoka might do. And the fact that Ahsoka is able to kind of be his navigational buoy this whole episode too, is just kind of cool because there is no interaction, obviously, between Mando and Luke, and there's no, but it's all done through Ahsoka, who's trying to tell Din that, that this just isn't the way. And he is used to this is the way. Like, this is what I must do. Like, I must be with this kid. And she's like, no, you don't have to be with this kid. You've got to do something to form your own path. Um, 
So I don't, uh, it, it's great, but <laughs> this whole, the whole scene leading up to it. Also, Jordan, did you know, if you go back and listen, I, I didn't know this until uh, the Star Wars theory guy pointed out, if you go back and listen as he's flying into what looks like indoor, um, you can hear the Ewoks making or like screaming and yelling like they normally do. If you listen to the thing. Can you? I Supposedly. Mean, I haven't, I have I not think gone this back is... to look at it, but I was like, it does look like indoor, but then I'm like, but not enough to where it almost looks like, I mean, literally it looks like the island that Luke is on. I think that's where it is, but it's that island that Luke is on that. It's not know, there either. This is, this know, is but, uh, well, an unnamed, then. unnamed planet so far. Yeah. People think it could be Yavin, which is where mm. the rebel base is on episode four. Some people think it's uh, was it Asian Kloss, which is the planet where Ray and Leia are on training in Rise of Skywalker, which kind of does look like that. I don't think it's Endor. It doesn't look anything like Endor tree wise. Yeah. You know, tree wise, they'd be the filming that in thick. like yeah. um, the they'd be filming forest. it in California around yeah. San Francisco with the redwoods. So I don't know. I, I think that. Um, and it's definitely not uh, Octo that you're thinking of because Octo is mostly water, but also because first, yeah. Luke only goes there after he's failed right. and he's looking for the first temple. I, I think, though, if you take the picture of Luke's flashback from Last Jedi where he sees the temple being mm -hmm. burned. This is it. This is it. Yeah, yeah. it looks really close. Yeah. To this. It's does. just that they had built it up. They built it up a little bit more mm -hmm. after this, but yeah, this is this is where everything goes down. So we definitely want Grogu to pick the chainmail, yeah, <laughs> and not yeah. the lightsaber. Otherwise, here. he's dead. Otherwise, he's, so dead. he's dead. But I don't know. He's he's escaped. We found That's out he's escaped another <laughs> another you know Skywalker trying to kill him. Uh, <laughs> he's like this damn family won't stop. He's like, there's one good one. Luke. He's probably like that Ahsoka character. She says they're family, so I gotta watch out for her too. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna try to kill me next. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like the way that this planet looked. Um, I like kind of like bamboo-y at times. Yeah, right? it was Didn't really it some like, bamboo. Yeah, really looked nice. I, I think this is unnamed. I don't think this is anywhere we've been. I'm I'm gonna say it's not Yavin, and it's probably not Agent Kloss from the um. Uh, sequel trilogy. Uh, I'm thinking this is somewhere that they don't want to name it yet. Maybe they don't want to lock that down yet. I don't know. Maybe they don't know where it is or what stories they're going to tell there. So they're just kind of leaving it as all right, it's this planet. But uh, yeah, R2 instead leads him to Ahsoka, which she says that he, uh, you know, because he wanted to see Grogu, R2 knew to, to, to lead. Oh, he's gone. R2 knew to lead Mando to Ahsoka instead of Luke Skywalker. You know, she was a little worried about um, Grogu seeing Mando. She was a little worried about Grogu seeing Mando right away. So, you know, R2 kind of ran interference here and led, led Mando right to Ahsoka, who is going to take him for a little walk after he wakes up from his nap here. Um, because think about it, he doesn't have his razor crest to sleep in right now either. So <laughs> yeah. if he's gonna get any sleep, it's gonna be on that bench. You know, he doesn't have like it's a, it's just a starfighter he has right now. He doesn't have anything else. Um, but they're walking in the woods, and Ahsoka 
pretty much hints that, you know, Grogu misses him a lot. She can tell. And you know what? We can tell when we see Grogu. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can tell a lot. Um, And, you know, he is, uh, you know, are you doing this for yourself or are you doing this for what's best for Grogu? Is pretty much what she's asking here when he's like wanting to see him. And you can feel it in Pedro Pascal's performance too, in the voice of when he's like, you know, but I've come all this way. He's Mm -hmm. right there. Let me just go see him. But he knows that maybe that's not the best thing. And he's going to instead give Ahsoka the, the, the tunic gift armor um, and say, make sure he gets this. And he's going to go back and he's going to go back to Tatooine. And I think this is the right call for the story wise, because I think we need a little bit of time before Grogu comes back to him because we just saw that happen in the finale of season two. And then we just saw Mando again for the first time since then last week. So it would have been kind of odd to immediately be Mm -hmm. like, Grogu's right back with him again. I think that'll be saved for season three. But I think we might, I don't know. Do you think uh, I'm skipping again? Do you think we see Grogu's choice next week? Or is that something they leave us on for season three? I think he, I, I think. Or an end credit like, scene or something. I don't know. Yeah. So like, this is the hard part. Like, I, I think I want to see him pick the Mandalorian side. Um, I know there's a lot of people that think that, that they will, he'll pick the Mandalorian side and then Luke will be like, well, let's take you back to the Mandalorian. I don't think it's going to happen that way. Like, I just don't see Luke like going, even though he might choose to be in the Mandalorian or the Mandalore. I, I just don't think he'd be like, you know what? Let me take this kid <laughs> into the middle of whatever the Mandalorian is going to do. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be more of like a Ahsoka kind of thing. Like, I think it, the task will be given to Ahsoka to take the child. I, I just don't, I, don't, I think it'd be weird, right? Because if Luke, if he decides, okay, I don't want to be Jedi anymore. And Luke goes, okay, well then let's pack you up and take you to, to Mando. And meanwhile, they're in this huge war. I just don't see, I think it'd be weird to see a Jedi in the middle of that. Like, I, I don't know. I think it'd be strange. Yeah. I don't think Luke will join the battle or deliver yeah. him in the battle. I think if we see his choice be made, I think maybe season three, premiere or the second episode is luke finally locating mando or Mm -hmm. man telling mando hey daycare's closed your kid wants to come home (laughs) (laughs) you know um i just heard a story too about that actually where my my boss had to go pick up her child after work and she was they charge her ten dollars a minute she's late that's insane so if you're 10 minutes late that's a hundred dollars what is that about anyway Hopefully Luke doesn't have those type of practices on his Jedi school. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's like building buildings out of rocks. I think he's a little low on the budget. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, he charges an arm and a leg. You know how much those androids cost? <laughs> cost a lot. I'm out here um, alone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so here's my thought. And we'll go back to some of the other stuff later, but I just want to kind of, while I'm thinking about it, so I don't forget. Cause sometimes we talk about this stuff and then I get off and then I'm like, Oh man, I meant to bring that up. So Mm -hmm. I want to bring it up now while I'm thinking about it. My theory here is that Yoda is going to pick, I'm not Yoda. uh, Grogu is going to pick the Mandalorian. 
And I think it's something Luke says here that can maybe point us to why. Luke says, and Luke means this as more of a deterring from picking the Mandalorian, but I think it's going to instead push him to the Mandalorian. So Luke has the lightsaber, which is awesome. Yoda's lightsaber, which was destroyed in the comic books, and I'm glad they either ignored that or just had Yoda build a new one because this is much better. He he says to Grogu, a short time for you is a lifetime for others. And what I like about that is I think Luke is trying to deter that as, you know, you're going to live... 900 years like Yoda. You're 50. Okay. You're in your infancy. Mando is in his 30s or 40s and is probably only going to last another 50 years. So I think Grogu looks at that as you're totally right, Luke. So I'm going to pick the Mandalorian so I can spend what little time I have left with him. That's my father. You know, that is my father, I'm going to spend as much time as I can before he passes. I think that will be Grogu's kind of position here. And let's not act like Luke is the one to take other people's advice. What does he do on Dagobah? Yoda says you cannot leave to save Han and Leia because you will fall to the dark side or you'll fail and lose to Vader. And he says, I can't stay here. I gotta go. If Yoda, again, if Grogu, I'm confused because of Yoda lightsaber and I wrote in yeah. my notes Yoda for whatever reason, yeah. but Grogu is 50 years old. If Din dies in another 50, 60 years, he'll be 100 and still have 800 years to live, which means he has 800 years to be a Jedi. And I get people say, well, maybe he'd be too old to train then. Uh, We kind of put all of that to rest when Luke was 19 years old way. Okay. Nine years older than his dad who fell to the dark side because of his attachments. Luke used his attachments to save the galaxy. He used his love for his father to bring the galaxy's war to an end. So Luke's being a little hypocritical here. And I think it's part of the line of him learning what is the best thing to do. It's the doubt again. And it's the doubt that I think presents him with this ultimatum. And I think this ultimatum, while some people think it is, I don't know, a dickish thing for Luke to do. I think this is good. This is more than any other Jedi has ever done for a pupil. They usually take these, for people that don't know, how do you think Obi-Wan became a Jedi? He was taking when he was like two years old or younger. The Jedi would find people that had force sensitivities, take them as kids, with the parents' permission, take them as kids, brainwash them, essentially, to not have any attachments and be, you know, Weapons of the Force. Peace drivers of the Force. And then uh, they just continue that line all the way down. And Luke was not brought up that way. Anakin was not brought up that way. Remember, Anakin was like 9 or 10. And, you know, they all thought he was too old at that point because he'd already had attachments. 
Grogu, uh, we actually have no clue. He was 50 now. The Jedi Purge happened about 30-some years ago, so he's like 20. Uh, he was probably taken even younger. But my point remains that I think, you know, none of them usually give their their pupils an option of, okay, you can either go back to your parents or you can become a Jedi. And I get it. Jedi can leave the order, whatever. Count Dooku left the order. Ahsoka left the order. But none of them present it like this. I don't even think Luke's presenting this as a bad thing. He's like, you need to find out your path pretty much is the way Luke is, I think presenting this. And the reason Luke is asking this is because we see Grogu be like a sad puppy <laughs> lying on a rock in the middle of the river or lake looking sad, look like a sad dog staring at the door, waiting for its owner to come back. That is kind of what Grogu's vibes are here. And Luke says his heart isn't in it. And he also says, I'm not even teaching him anything. It's like he's remembering what he was already taught. So this is a very tough first student for Luke to have, honestly. I mean, this is tough. We already know Grogu is kind of a wild one. Uh, he even tries to eat some of these frogs that are hopping around here. And one, the delivery from the robot doing Mark's voice here is yeah. perfect, The Grogu. Like, yeah. that is exactly what he says to... You know what they took that from? They had to take it from when he says, like, R2. R2, yeah. You know, that that ending there. It's that... It, it was perfect Mark Hamill from, like, 1980. It was, it, was, it was beautiful. And it made me buy into it, you know, uh, into it. And I think Luke is going to have to reevaluate after this. I think he's going to think again, okay, am I really ready to do this? Or is attachment bad? That's how I saved my dad. Like, you know, th there's gotta be some sort of reckoning that he's going to go through. I'm not sure if we'll see that on any of these shows, but I do think he's not going to be like ultimately disappointed when Grogu eventually picks the Mandalorian. And maybe, I mean, what's to stop Grogu from really, coming back in 50 years picking it up when he's 100 years old and more mature that's the thing more mature because he's a kid right now he's an infant um when he's more mature and actually being like okay now i'm ready to be a jedi i think there's got to be more to it than the old ways of, of being a Jedi. Like, I think some people should be able to say, I need to, I need to step away and I'll come back when I'm ready. And he, right now he's not ready. And also not to keep taking up so much time, Logan, I, I'm sorry, but um, he, there's a traumatic experience. We haven't really talked about here. I love when he's bringing... Well, one, I love Luke just kind of like force-pulling Grogu along as they're walking. He's like, I don't have time for you taking so long. Come on. Um, but when he talks about Yoda and how he spoke in riddles, and he's like, do you remember that from back home? Do you remember anything about back home? And Grogu looks sad, and he says, do you want to remember? And he 
does this new force power, which is awesome, mm-hmm. where he helps Grogu remember. And we see this, which is the 501st coming into the temple. Three Jedi blocking Grogu, and probably more than just Grogu. There's probably more younglings here, but we're seeing it from Grogu's position. These three Jedi get taken out. And it ends before we can see how he escapes, which is interesting. I do wonder how will he escape? Is he going to do it himself with the force or does he, is he in his little pram thing and just kind of like flies Hmm. away? Like what, you know, what is the, this is another youngling save him. How does this happen? But yeah, I I don't know. I, I think that that's something we haven't really taken to effect either. You see the lightsabers in, Grogu's eyes when he's seeing them try to protect him. And you also see the lightsaber in his eye when Luke is training in front of him. And I think there's some flashbacks there that maybe he's struggling with of, I don't know if this life is for me because I almost died because I couldn't protect myself. And while Luke wants to teach him how to protect himself, yo, uh, Grogu can't even talk right now. So I'm not sure how much he's going to be able to swing around a lightsaber to protect himself. What was your thoughts here on Luke's like uh, ultimatum and and where you think that's going to go, or maybe even the the Jedi purge here? Well, I mean, I, I think part of it's Luke. Luke has seen Luke has seen people go to the bad side. Like Luke has seen people um, abandon people, turn people, you know, turn to evil when things are tough. And it, I think that's part of it. I think the whole time he has grown up, and especially knowing who his father is knowing that his father, I mean, just from some of the circumstances that happened in his life, he thinks that, you know, Grogu could be capable of the very same thing. Like, I think Luke has always had that, like uh, Obi-Wan kind of instilled that too, I think in him, because Obi-Wan also, I think regrets everything that kind of happened with Anakin, obviously, but it, it, I think Obi-Wan looks at him and goes, you know, there's a lot of things that I wish I could have changed. And that seems to be the Jedi thing. Like, the guys that they're the ones that go bad or the Siths, uh, they, they seem to, um, you know, go to a dark place. Um, and I think the Jedi feel as if they're part of the reason why they turn. And I think Luke has that same feeling. And it's the same thing when he gets with Ben, like it, it's that feeling of like, I let people down and that's just what I do, but this is a very hard life. And I don't, I don't think people realize how hard this life is to choose to be a Jedi is to choose to be, you know, to not have that feeling, to not have that attachment. And I think it's, you know, there's always that attachment idea uh, in behind it where if you get too attached, and I think right now when you're looking at Grogu, Grogu is attached. Uh, Grogu is very attached to Mando. And I think that's what he sees. And I think part of when, in Ahsoka's, one of Ahsoka's best lines was like, you know who he reminds me of, right? Um, and, and he was like, he reminds me of your father. Um, and Luke's kind of like, yeah, I mean, in, in a way, I think, part of it, what she kind of insinuated too, was the fact that she sees like this attachment. Anakin had that attachment. Anakin had that attachment to Padme. And I think that it was clear. And I think that's also interesting. So you're saying that she saw Anakin in Grogu. Yeah. I I read it as she saw in Luke in Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I was like, 
I think she was talking to Luke, but I think also it showed Grogu at that moment too. Like he was like face down in the water at that point. Yeah. All the times Anakin's <laughs> done that. <laughs> I don't like sand. Um, it's yeah, coarse. That's why. Yeah. He likes laying in the water <laughs> face down. No, but I felt like, I felt like they also played, it might not even been intentional and I, maybe I misinterpreted it, but it, it almost felt that way too. Like this kid's attached Luke, like, you weren't attached. Leia is your sister. That's why you were attached to her. But Luke never really showed attachment. I think the, the most attachment he was able to show was to R2. Um, and I think that, you know, they, but I, I did, I kind of felt like it was taking a shot at Grogu too. Like I think Grogu's too attached to Mando. And I think again, they, then they get warned, they keep warning Mando, like not to pull Grogu away because that's part of his Jedi training is to get away from Mando and to disconnect from that personal attack. But I think that's kind of what Grogu feels. He can't feel anything else, but like he saved my life. And Order 66 is interesting because I like I kind of want to speculate on who it is, but I, I, I like, I just can't even think, like I'm starting to think it was maybe another youngling, but I don't, cause I'm trying to, I, I, I'm trying to collect this to who I think could have come in there. And I, the only person that I felt like you know, really could have come in there was Obi-Wan. But I was like, but that, but I think the timeline, like he finds Grogu and then what does he do with Grogu? Like what, you know, how does he end yeah, up? Yeah, I mean, from what we know, Obi-Wan comes, uh, Obi-Wan comes back and uh, with Yoda at the yeah, temple and they yeah. see this guy who's protecting, this actually looks like the same guy, who in the in the hologram who's protecting mm-hmm. uh Grogu here fighting some of the people but yeah i think at that point they get there too late so it's got to be somebody other than and i think they would have I, I don't know i think obi-wan would have been like mentioning grogu at some point it'd be hilarious if like lando was <laughs> picked him up just yeah. like come on kid <laughs> come on kid <laughs> what have we here <laughs> I don't know, like I was thinking that, or I was like, who else? Like, it's got to be somebody that you would know. Not probably not me. Like, I feel like it'd be definitely one of the Jedi that are out there that could have collected. I was thinking Ahsoka would be the only other option, but I was like, but then she would know yeah. the kid. Like, but she, she does have that, You know what I mean? Like, I think. She's and Ahsoka kind of wasn't around. Actually, right. yes, Ahsoka wasn't at the temple at this time. She was right. actually too busy facing Darth Maul on Mandalore. Mm-hmm. For all the people that want to know what she was doing at that time, uh, seriously, if if anybody's interested, I'd say, and you don't want to watch all of the Clone Wars, I would even say the last four episodes of the last three episodes, three or four episodes of the Clone Wars, which takes place all at the same time as Revenge of the Sith, is like, again, just really great Star Wars, perfect Star Wars. Um, there's times in there where you can say, oh, I know that this part takes place at this moment, Revenge of the Sith, and it's, you know, cool like that. And you also get some cool Darth Maul stuff. Um, yeah, so yeah, it is interesting. I don't know if it's gonna be somebody we ever know, but it it will be it will be cool to know how he got out of this. Maybe at another time in season three we get more memories of Grogu. Maybe this force trick unlocked where he can remember more than just this, or I, I don't know. Cause really all we've got from it is when he told Ahsoka in The Jedi my name's Grogu and this is all the stuff. And then when, you know, he has this force vision here, 
force memory thanks to Luke. So if he goes back to Mando, how is he ever going to learn that stuff and communicate that stuff? That is tough to think. So maybe he does stay with Luke or maybe Luke says, I don't know, maybe I, I, I'm thinking why bring out Yoda's lightsaber if we're not going to see him wield it. I don't mm-hmm. know. There's, there's some questions here and you know, it's not unheard of for a Mandalorian to have been a Jedi before Tar Vizsla was one. That's why he created the dark saber, but it, it is interesting to think, you know, where are we, where are we going from here? And, you know, Kathleen Kennedy during investor day in 2020 said that these shows were building to like a climactic event crossover event and I wonder, is that going to be a film or is it going to be a Disney Plus series of like six episodes or? It's going to be a new hotel. I think, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, the Mandalorian <laughs> Star Cruiser. Um, I think it's going to be a Disney Plus series, but I think it'd be really cool if it was like a two and a half hour movie. These characters are already more popular than the sequel characters, right? I mean, yeah. like, this movie would do gangbusters if you have The Mandalorian and Grogu in theaters. Mm-hmm. That movie makes probably not Force Awakens money, but probably I don't high know. up there. It would be pretty freaking close. I mean, especially because if you're going to use If you can have Luke, Luke... Yeah. If you can get Harrison on board... If would you they can use get... Carrie Fisher's you think again? Like do you think I don't know. Try I think they'd have to get permission from her family. That's what I thought. Um, I think her family would be fine with it, though. I think so honestly, too, but... but yeah, I think you would have. If you could get, I just imagine getting like a Disney Plus movie, even of just Luke Khan and Leia after Return of the Jedi doing adventures. That'd be pretty cool using that technology. Like that, that'd be pretty cool. Um, and Chewy. Something that they couldn't have done because, you know, George waited so long to do these anyway before selling to Disney. Um, yeah, I mean, that would have been cool. I wonder what that would have looked like in the 90s if he had brought back them instead of doing the prequels. Like, there's a lot of questions on, you know, how that would have, how that stuff could have looked. Um, but ultimately, we could get actual legitimate sequels i'm not saying that against the sequel trilogy i'm saying like legitimate luke skywalker han leia trilogy you know sequels that make them look without recasting you know mm-hmm. just perfect han uh harrison carey and and uh mark that would be uh crazy i mean again and even by the time they do that the technology is going to be even better um but anyway, for the Mandalorian thing, I think it'd be really cool if they had a movie. These characters deserve it. Imagine going to a cinema and seeing a higher budget as well, but seeing, you know, Din Jaren with Grogu and whatever they're building up to here. Boba of, and Fennec. Yeah, with Boba and Fennec and Ahsoka. Cad Bane and Ahsoka. <laughs> and, it's like a Western. Yeah, we haven't even like gotten like... to Cad Bane yet. Right. And you can even bring in Hondo. Galaxy's Edge, Hondo, but he's also in the Clone Wars. So, I mean, uh, you know, you can bring a whole bunch of cool stuff. Bring Callan. Yeah. That'd be fun. Cameron Monaghan is uh, young. Yeah. He could play Cal. 
yeah, so I mean, I don't know. There, there's a lot you can do here. Um, I think it's just probably going to be a four to six episode event series, kind of like when Netflix did their Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and then they teamed up in the Defenders. But I'm thinking maybe it'll be its own event series, maybe called know, Mandalore yeah. or something. You know, because I think that's what they're building to. I think it's going to be so. something with uh, the building of the Mandalore again. Like with I... yeah, reclaiming Mandalore mm-hmm. and uh, Din finally staking that claim, and you know, you could have Bo-Katan and all those. And and I I think maybe the villains of that are not just the Empire remnants, but you know, the children of the watch, uh, the armorer who says he's not even a valid Mandalorian mm-hmm. because, you know, I did, you know, I was listening to a podcast that, that brought this up as well, but when he's leaving that, um, that thing, uh, leaving the armor and he gets on the, uh, the, the commercial flight. And we didn't even mention that's, that that's the droid from, uh, star tours, you know, mm-hmm. um, when he's getting on that flight, you know, he says, when they tell him that he has to turn over his weapons, he says, I'm a Mandalorian. It's part of my religion. So while she said he's not a Mandalore, a Mandalorian anymore, he still sees himself as one. Mm-hmm. So he's not really taking what she says as a uh, gospel, which I think is interesting. But let's get to Cad Bane. So we go back to Moss Pelgo or Freetown. And we have Timothy Oliphant's uh, Cobb Vanth character and his um, naive um, deputy. Yeah. Uh, Well, one, we have Mando visit him. Mando's going to ask for his help in this stuff. Uh, He says, I've worked with you before. They're going to be coming here. Let's do it. And the town doesn't really want to do it, but I think... Cobb is leaning towards it because he's even going to say, you know, the one guy, the bartender says, none of that concerns us. And he says, well, it will when I tell them what I know. And I think what he was going to tell them is I just stopped some spice runners on the outskirts of this town. Mm -hmm. So it is coming here. He's not lying. It is here. But before he can do that, oh, this was beautiful. We see in the distance a cowboyish figure. And I know as soon as that pop up, I'm like, I said to myself, is that effing Cad Bane? Because mm-hmm. we had predicted it or we had theorized yeah, on we it did. like yeah. two episodes ago or something. As maybe hired muscle that he would get or that the other side would get. But And as I just love every time it cuts back to him, he's a little closer, a little closer, you know, and Cobb's like, get these people inside. And his annoying uh, deputy does not want to go inside. Um, and is ultimately going to be the reason why Cobb gets shot uh, here. But we see Cad Bane come up, voiced by Corey Burton, who voices him in the cartoons. Uh, I got a I got a side by side here. So this is with both their heads down. Hmm. It's pretty one to one. Maybe just a different blue here. Um, no toothpick uh, in in the live action one. And then that's with their eyes. Looks pretty good. And we get Cad Bane saying, hey, we'll pay you the same amount they are, but you don't even have to do anything. That's like that's like if you were to get a job, Logan, that said, 
I'll pay you the same that your school does, and you can just sit on your ass. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Right. But, you know, Cobb has a code. Cobb, Cobb, this doesn't sound great. And, you know, the deputy is going to say, our sheriff can't be bought. Um, but I don't know. Cobb seemed kind of interested. Uh, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the look Timothy Oliphant gives to the uh, to the deputy when he talks. And he's just kind of like, like, dude, I'm handling this. Leave me alone. And uh, we get. Uh, a shootout. And this is what I was referring to at the beginning that they had to establish how fast of a shot Cobb is because Cad is going to put him to shame. He's going to shoot him in the shoulder. I don't think Cobb Vanth is dead. Uh, His deputy definitely is. Deputy gets shot like five times. Cad is like, (laughs) (laughs) and you know, I think he knew that Cobb was, I don't know. I think he appreciated Cobb, Vance standing off against him and just was like, okay, I'll just take you out with a little, little shot here to the shoulder, but your deputy is going to get, get roasted here. And uh, yeah, I mean, that goes and uh, the, you know, they're going to take Cobb Vance inside and it episode pretty much ends with, well, it switches back over. This is when it switches over to, um, to uh, Grogu's decision. Um, so where's it going? Miami Heat or that's what know, I was staying thinking. I was in like, Cleveland? So or... Is that the decision? Um, yeah, I think he's like, I'm taking my talents to Tatooine. <laughs> right, right. In the Mandalore, um, we'll always, yeah. you know, I always liked my time with the Jedi, but uh, you know, I'm seeing better opportunities with the Mandalore. And I'm gonna join. Yeah, Luke did like a lot for win. me, but uh, mm-hmm. really appreciate go. my time with Luke. But you know, I got to go back to Daddy. We're not going to collect one bounty or two bounties, <laughs> three bounties. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, but yeah, so he, you know, but the, the Cad Bane stuff again. So I showed you what he looked like on the cartoon mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, did, what was your thoughts here as you see this figure, which the episode is titled after, right? From yeah. the Desert Comes a Stranger, which I think is a really, really great title. What was your thoughts here? Did you think it was going to be uh, somebody else or were you just kind of uh, taken for the ride, like taking the ride here of like, show me what you got, Filoni? I thought it was Cobb Banth. Like we were just going to get more Cobb Banth. Like, well, that's kind of cool. He's coming back. I like Cobb Banth. Oh, like the title. Yeah. I was just like, okay, that's kind of different. Um, Yeah. But when you saw it, when you saw Cad Bane. But when I saw that. It starts off like, maybe you can just tell the hat. He's in the dust. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, Jordan, I like I even knew right when it showed, I was like, oh my God, they really did it. Cause you had shown me the picture and I was like, that's him. Like there's no mistake in who that is. Um, and I was like, there's no way that cat, that cat Bane's not, that's not him. And then he comes up and I'm telling you the, the freakiest part too is his teeth. Like his teeth are freaky. And he basically, he basically comes up and, and like, you know, I'm just paraphrasing, but he, he goes, you know, I've been watching you for a while and you need to, you know, you need to back off. Like you need to just back off and you need to let me do what I want to do. And it's almost like I am much more um, equipped to take care of this town. than than, I mean, he's very Western, like old style Western. He's basically saying that you are no match for me and whatever you're doing here, I don't like. Um, So this is my town, son, and you better step aside. Um, And it does it. He's got like this deep and I know people have probably seen him in Clone Wars that he's got this like real deep, like just kind of, scary almost kylo renish voice um it's very deep and dark um 
and then just kind of his head movement where he he never really is looking straight ahead he's kind of just kind of like under the brim of his hat you can see his red eyes um and i thought that this was actually a real person but i didn't know this was actually cgi i was like wow that actually looked like they had done somebody's face to look like that but it was all is it cg yeah it was cg i didn't i because i could look like it it looks like makeup i thought it was makeup and but they said it's part person like in makeup but it's most of the stuff in his face is uh cg so it it is the blue makeup i think but everything else is more yeah the eyes look cg Mm -hmm. but no he god he looks so cool i was like man he looks awesome he he just looks like somebody that would just terrorize you Kind of like, you know, he reminded me of uh, Arthur from Red Dead. It was kind of like that dark, like, <laughs> deep, like, voice. I don't know. I love when he comes up, he's just like, Cobb yeah. And he's like, wait, who are his you? Teeth. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they did make it interesting. I saw a bunch of people going. It seemed like he'd been watching. Like, Cad Bane had been watching this town. And he, well, knew, he knew. Yeah, he knew who Cobb was. was. So it was like, he knows a lot. And the Pike Syndicate too. Like he seems to know what's up with them too. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how he plays a part. Cause I don't because there's times where he's with Boba. So it's it's interesting. So I don't know how that's all maybe that'd be fun to have all the bounties who don't really like each other, like bring Han back and then yeah. Cobb and all of them. But no, yeah. that's what he that's what he says. He goes, It's disappointing that you gave back the armor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then he says after he shoots him, he's like, "You does he say anything about it or no?" I think it was before he goes. He, he definitely says it before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got uh, look. There's uh there's some history between Cad and Boba for sure. Um, something that we have not seen. Uh, there was originally supposed to be like a shootout between like a duel between cad and uh boba Boba before the end of the clone wars clone wars got canceled and then they shifted to rebels so we haven't seen that so we're either gonna see it in bad batch which i'm thinking i'm thinking maybe we see it in bad batch or or like a flashback here but you know the flashbacks are kind of done so because that's what happened to his helmet right boba um that's what the that's what I had read. Yeah, I, I think it. It so. Like, I think it so. It goes inside his helmet and it hits the. That's and Cad has like a metal plate in his head mm-hmm. from when he got shot by, by Boba. Um, so Boba won that duel, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it's definitely something that um, is uh, you know, and and he has some harsh words here. He says Boba Fett is a cold blooded killer that works with the Empire. So I guess we're supposed to take it that Cad has some sort of thing where he never worked for the Empire. I mean, hmm. that's... Uh, that, that'd be interesting. Because Boba yeah. works for Vader. Yeah, and Boba does it just for the money. I, I think yeah. we've kind of learned that Boba didn't really do pick it. like a side, but yeah. apparently Cad... Didn't or is he just saying like maybe he's just posing for the Freetown people like oh you don't really want to get involved with this I mean because so what he's not gonna work for the Empire but he's gonna work for drug runners and the Pike Syndicate seems right. odd 
but yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Super cool. Super cool. I mean, seeing Cad Bane, it's great. And especially seeing him on Tatooine in a, in a shootout against Cobb Vanth. Like that is perfect for Cad Bane, uh, with his, with his cowboy hat and toothpick. And he didn't have the toothpick this time, but you know, just like me and I wasn't even there. (laughs) His teeth and stuff are scary. I mean, because I feel like he's not as scary in the cartoon with his look, but yeah, he's definitely, um, more scary in live action. I I do kind of wish he was just that darker blue color, but, uh, Oh, well, I mean, what can you, what can you do? You can't nail every live action version of a character. I'm just happy. We're getting all of these live action versions of these characters. Ahsoka looks great. I think Ahsoka so looks where... great. I mean, her, her, uh, what's it called? Like her, like um, the, tails yeah. are a little shorter because I think it's more practical that way for, for the actors. But other than that, it looks great. And even Hondo looks great in galaxy's edge and you know, as a galaxy's edge thing. Mm-hmm. This is how he would look, I would think, as a person in a suit. Like, mm-hmm. maybe we'll see him at some point. I, I don't know. I think Ahsoka's show, you know, is already said to have Sabine in it. We're probably getting Ezra. We're probably getting Thrawn. That's where Rebels kind of left off. I think we're going to get those in live action, which, again, would be great. And just, just stuff that I, I'd never dreamed or believed we would ever see. And uh, look, Mandalorian is there. He's the main character of Star Wars right now. Mm-hmm. The Skywalker saga is over. Who takes it forward? The Mandalorian, right? I mean, if I'm Disney, I'm letting Dave and John tell whatever stories they want. And it seems like they have this story to tell. And uh, I'm assuming we're, we have plenty of years left of him trying to claim Mandalore and uh, fun adventures with him and Grogu and any other side characters we get. Uh, I'll say it again. I don't think any of these cameos are like forced or anything. It makes sense Mm -hmm. for Cad Bane to be there. It makes sense for Ahsoka to have united with Luke. As she says, she's an old family friend. It makes sense for Luke to be the one to train Grogu because he's the only Jedi around right now. Like all of this stuff just makes perfect sense lined up. I I can't see any complaints about it. The only complaints I can see that are valid are that this is happening during the book of Boba Fett. But I think we didn't really get upset with a lot of this stuff when it was the Mandalorian, you know, like when you introduce Boba Fett in the Mandalorian, you think, okay, maybe he's going to hijack this show. And he doesn't really, Um, but this is the main story. We've gotten to the main story of the show. We're going to wrap up this Tatooine conflict next week. And I think we're going to kind of set up to where some of these characters are for season three. And I'm just hoping the finale is like 50 some minutes because while I do think there's a lot to tie up, there really isn't. I, I feel mm. like everybody says this about the Disney Plus shows for Marvel and Star Wars, where they're like, they just got so much to wrap up. But really, all they got to wrap up right now is the battle against the Pikes. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. That Fennec says, we have all of our firepower. You know, we have, you know, Din goes to try to recruit Freetown. They're probably definitely going to do it now that they shot their sheriff, right? Yeah. I feel like they're going to. Um, so they're going to have their foot soldiers. All that's left is the battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't know what else you have to wrap up other than this, ba- this battle. 
Can you think of anything else that needs to be wrapped up for, I mean, we already got all of Boba's backstory on how he got to this point through the first four episodes that that's why he has nothing to do right now. He's literally at the point of let's clear off the pikes and I'm good. I'm going to say that it's bigger than just the pikes too. Like I'm going to, that's my guess for the next, I feel like it's much bigger than the pike syndicate. Like, I feel like there's something else we're not getting that is going well, to be part of season three. Yes. That is part of the bigger picture, right? That's what I, that's what I think. I think the pikes are the antagonists mm-hmm. of this show, mm-hmm. but for the overarching story, there's somebody behind them. Yeah. That like will master. be introduced to more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I do feel like it's very weird. It's like, okay, I get it. It's like the drug dealers, but like, Something's weird because there's just not enough hatred towards the Pikes. And, and Star Wars is very good at building that, you know, Moff Gideon, the Darth Maul, the, you know, the Well, I will say when we look at season one of The Mandalorian, it took until the last episode of that yeah. to get Moff Gideon. But really. he's then in season two. So, like, just in I one think, episode, like two yeah. episodes. I mean, so, like, they don't focus on the villains a lot in these shows. And I'm thinking it's kind of what you see is what you get. I think it's just going to be the Pikes. And then they'll re- almost like the end of Avengers when uh, the Chitari go to Thanos and they say, you know, yep. we failed type of thing. We need to find these stones. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of like that. Whoever is that will call whoever it is. And it's Kira from the solo Star Wars story. It's going to be Amelia Clark. Watch it. Um, That'd be great if it was, but you know, she's going to show up. That'd be great if they call her and she's just Mm -hmm. like, fine, I'll do it myself. And she gets her gauntlet. (laughs) And then she flies in on dragons and you'd be like, wow, this is, yeah. Wow. This just took a turn. Pascal's on there, and it's like, man, this is like, then, yeah, oh, true, true, you know. And then, um, what is it? Moon Knight shows up, and it's like, what's happening right now? <laughs> well, you I'm know, what's confused. funny too is the guy that plays Gideon, Moff Gideon, uh, he's had some drug stuff in the past, he was in Breaking Bad, so he's he's used to this spice drug stuff. lord, dude. They're drug <laughs> lords, they're all drug lords. Like Daenerys was, uh, you know, Targaryen or drug lords they're all it john snow's gonna show up and then he's gonna get confused because he's in marvel so he's <laughs> like i'm confused now man this is gonna get wild they they kathleen kennedy was not lying they're really bringing something a big in huge event kevin fight <laughs> that's what his star wars movies is is kit harrington coming in um multiverse of madness that's what it's all about but yeah no I, i'm super some people were theorizing what if the taika waititi Oop star wars movie is Ooh. the culmination of this because that would make he, sense he He's directed he directed mandalorian and mm-hmm. he was in the mandalorian i think it's probably not but i don't know i think if you can't they can't get a movie going right now no can you believe it they they keep firing all the people doing the movies okay so just take whatever event you're doing for disney plus make it into a movie and you have a new star wars movie it's yeah. that simple Give it to Filoni and Favreau, though, if you're going to do that. Yes, or at least have them have say. Because, I mean, you like don't want to... Howard would be good, too, with the, yes. th- the three of them the would just be... Yeah. And then uh, Let Brian Dave and Johnson. John write it. Let, let Dave and John write it, right? And then Bryce or Rick Famuyiwa direct it. Like that that yeah, would be a great movie. Solid. And then we can just invite Ryan Howard to just watch. 
Ryan Johnson, not Ryan Howard. I was gonna say Ryan, Ryan Howard, Howard could come. He, but he'd then, be probably on well, set with his daughter. Well, uh, Vance Refrigeration. I mean, we'd get really confused. And like, yeah. man, we're just, just throwing all the shows out there. But yeah, no, I'm. My guess is there's a bigger puppet master for this next episode, and we don't see Grogu reunite with Mando. Yeah, I don't think he'll. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think he'll reunite. I think if we get anything, we might get his choice. But I'm thinking we we're done with Grogu until season three. Does anybody die? No, I don't think you bring Boba Fett out of the Sarlacc to Mm, to to kill him him off, and I don't think you bring Fennec Shand back from a gunshot wound to kill her off. Uh, Like, because then we would just all doubt if they're really dead. I. I don't want to get into that again. That's why, like, I don't want... As much as I like Samuel Jackson, I like Mace Windu, I don't want him to come back because I feel like everything... Because people are always saying, let's get a Mace Windu show going where he survives. Then who actually died? Anakin, that's it? <laughs> I mean, Obi-Wan and Yoda, those are the only ones that died? Like, I don't they know. They didn't really I, die, they're ghosts. Exactly. So, you know, there's uh, you can bring them in at any time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think you do have to have some actual deaths that, that stick. That's what they should do, like a Ghost Hunters, but Jedi version, like Jedi Ghost Hunters. <laughs> have like Grogu talking to Yoda. <laughs> That'd be great. Yoda, if you're in here, throw that thing off the... Wow, that was impressive. Oh, no, wait, that was just me. <laughs> I do wonder, though, like if Grogu is going to talk like Yoda, because I think that, you know, Ooh, usually, cool you, only, usually you only one. speak the way that you learn growing up so i i think that with him being around mandalorian and luke and stuff he'll speak normal i just feel like he turned and go i want to be a mandalorian like my dad before me <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> uh okay let's wrap it up we would this is a long one this um, was a I fun episode though it was it flew by it was just like shooting mm-hmm. the breeze about star wars i really like that um did we miss anything before we go oh the the pike's Bomb the sanctuary, yeah, with Jennifer Beals and in it, yeah, she but, plays but, Garza. Um, uh, Rebo uh, was not Rebo, there. Yeah, he survived. Had Again. the day off. This dude, what a man. lucky guy. This dude survives Jabba's sail barge. You know who <laughs> saved Grogu from Order sixty six? It was Dex Max, Max Rebo. Rebo. He's everywhere. <laughs> to learn that he just that he survived another, like he's just playing a gig in Coruscant. He's like, what's going on at the Jedi Temple? And he just walks in there. He's like, I got to save this baby. This is all happening in Max Rebo's head. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. That'd be great. But, yeah, he had the day off. He he wasn't there, supposedly. Uh, so, survives again. What a lucky guy. Uh, you know he's going to show up for work in the morning and be like, what <laughs> the hell happened here? He's going to be like, I want to work for Boba Fett. That guy talks about respect all the time. All these other illegitimate businesses are going under. <laughs> we keep blowing up every place of work that I've ever had. Yeah, he's going to get off Tatooine now. He's going to say, unfortunately, you know, he's going to go. He's going to go to Hosni and Prime. I was going to say. <laughs> well, but you know man. what? Right before Kylo Ren blows it up, he's going to be like, I got a gig on another planet. And he's going to be off of there. He was probably on Alderaan right before it blew up, too. He could go to Hoth. I don't know if there's anything that's really going to blow up in Hoth. It's a little too cold. <laughs> Nobody there to play for, though. That's true. US that's where his studio is. There. That's where he records. That's where he records his albums. And Greg Berhalter schedules games there. So. <laughs> yeah. The Frozen Tundra. 
Uh, if you want to give us uh, any sort of feedback or follow us on Twitter at PodAwakens, Facebook.com slash PodAwakens, Instagram at PodAwakens, or email us PodAwakens at gmail.com. And you can you know, leave us what you think is going to happen as we build up to the finale here. Um, I think Kenobi is not far away. Rumor is June. Oh. So it'd be like four months away. That'd be pretty. I don't know. I, I think that show is going to be pretty great. But that's where, uh, that's where Grogu will be. The bad thing is when we have, you know, Kenobi and Andor, and we're really just waiting for Mandalorian season three because this is the plot. This is what's driving Star Wars forward right now. And uh, just, I can't get enough of it. I'm really excited to see it and uh, really can't wait to see what happens as we go forward to the Mandalorian season three. But first let's get to the book of Boba Fett season finale. That's next week. And we'll recap it for you next week as well. And we will see you next time. I have spoken. It's over, Anakin!